0: Good morning. morning. Long time no see, huh? (laughs) Glad that you're here in the main room or if you're watching online or one of our video overflows, we're really glad that you could be here. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm really looking forward to the long Eid break. Anybody else? Oh, man. There's something about looking forward to a promised time off, huh? Now, imagine with me if you woke up went to work or school tomorrow and they said, oh, yeah, about that, just kidding, we're not going to do that. That would just gut you, wouldn't it? It would arrest your movement. In fact, when promises are broken, we find ourselves slowing down. It happened to me and my family one time. We were traveling around at one of the breaks and we were visiting the country of Georgia. Anybody here from the country of Georgia? Man. Georgia has, I see that hand, I, you have the best bread in the world. <laughs> oh, bread and cheese and eggs and kachapuri, mm, so good. So, a family and I were touring Georgia, and we had worked with a particular family to set up a bunch of Airbnbs. And as we were going on the Airbnbs, the trip was progressing nicely, and... All of a sudden, we went to go stay in this farmhouse in the middle of nowhere where you have to move the pigs out of the way and move the cows out of the way and and you're kind of driving through things. It was awesome. We went to this farmhouse and we stayed on the top level. And the first night we were there, it was fine. The second night, it was fine. And the third night when we got back from our trip, our kids said, hey, Dad, some of my toys are missing. And I said, ah. You probably just, you know, stuffed them under the bed or somewhere. You can find them. Don't worry about it. The next day, hey, Dad, some more of my things are missing, but those other toys turned up. I said, oh, well, that's good. See, you just have to look for them. You'll find them. The third time, however, the headphones that I use all the time, little tiny headphones, they're easy to lose, but I take really good care of them. Every time I put them right in the same place, I came back, and guess what? They were gone. And I thought, no, no, the kids are saying that the host is stealing from us. No, that can't be the case. They promised Airbnb not to steal from people that stay in their place. It's bad business, right? And guess what? As we were gone every day, their son would go up into our room and rummage through things and take our stuff. We got a knock on the door, and the, the parents said, we're, we're really sorry, but uh, but our son has gone and stolen your things. <laughs> oh <laughs> and that broken promise broke our trust in staying there, and so we looked to move on. <laughs> we looked to move on, and as we were looking to move on, we thought, okay, as we're moving on, let's at least go visit one of the great beautiful sites in Georgia, the Okatsa Canyon. And the Okatsa Canyon is this. Beautiful, beautiful hike where the trail is actually a, a set of uh, planks that are bolted into the side of a mountain hundreds of feet above your death. And so it's beautiful. <laughs> and I said, honey, this is great. My wife, come on, let's go. And, and she was like, no, I think I'm going to stay in the car. <laughs> and I said, come on, kids, let's go. And my daughter was like, I think I'm going to stay with mom. <laughs> So my son and I were walking along on this hike and and you're on, it's kind of like a suspension bridge, you're on this bridge the whole time, hundreds of feet above the sheer rock face. And as we're walking along, all of a sudden, I stepped on a board and that board just goes And instantly, instantly I was like, okay, okay. And, And my son's like, what, what's going on, dad? I'm like, don't move. And then as as I started to get up, I looked up and the bolt that was attached to the side of the mountain wiggled just a little bit. (laughs) My wife has never told me, I told you so. (laughs) But I knew at that time that that firm foundation that I was skipping along in life, that firm foundation was now quite shaky and I found myself completely stopped. And maybe you've been there before. Have you been there before you're cruising along in life and some sort of something you thought was secure all of a sudden becomes insecure? Maybe you came and you thought that that job that you were starting, you thought, oh, this is gonna be great. Sure, they started me at the pay here, but they promised me a raise really soon. And you've yet to see any sort of raise. Or maybe you were promised in your job a certain package, or a visa, or benefits, and it just hasn't happened. Or you find yourself with a friend that you trust, and that friend that you trust, that you've told secrets to, that they've promised to tell nobody, has turned around and told everybody. Maybe you've had a broken promise in a relationship, where you found pictures or chats on someone's phone that you just thought were unimaginable and your heart has been crushed. It can be as simple as thinking that there's a watertight contract that you sign and there's a loophole or a completely broken heart because someone's broken promise. The truth is when we face insecurity, we find ourselves at a standstill because we can only move at the speed of safety. That's why there's there's business books written, there's conferences all about moving at the speed of trust. Really, we only are going to move into spaces where we don't feel like we are in danger. We can only move at the speed of safety. And so today we're gonna talk about how we can move forward when deterred by insecurity when insecurity is stirred. Have you ever had someone break their promise to you? Have you ever signed a contract and you didn't read the fine print? You try and get out of a contract and you remember something there you didn't remember reading? (laughs) Whatever it is, we all find ourselves stopped sometimes. And we're gonna see today because what happens when we find ourselves sitting there immobilized in life, unable to move, all of a sudden, we start to scramble for security. We try and do anything and everything to try and find safety when we are faced with insecurity. You see, there's a common denominator in every single broken promise. That common denominator in every single promise we know firsthand as expats. As global nomads, we are expert in unforeseen circumstances, aren't we? whether the airplane kicks us off because they've overbooked or the place you try to be a part of uh, steals your stuff. Whatever it is, we're flexible because we have realized one thing. As we traveled the world and as we come from over 100 different countries here, we've realized life will let you down. Amen? Life will let you down. You know why life will let you down? because life is full of people and people will let you down. The common denominator in all the broken promises is either you or other people. And people will let us down and so we scramble for security. In fact, we've seen that in the book of Genesis as we're in our origins series. Today, we're going to wrap up this talk series and we're going to look at the origin of security of the origin of security. Where, where does security start? Because we've seen God's plan in the book of Genesis, chapters 1 through 11. Chapter 1, we see that God created the world. And then in chapter 2, we saw that God created humanity. In chapter 3, we see, unfortunately, that humanity rebelled and turned away from God. Chapters 4 or 5 continue with the first murder and Chapter 6, 7, 8, 9, God looks at corruption and sees that every inclination of their heart was evil all the time. And so he rids the world of corruption and there's one guy left, Noah and his family. And even that family has found that there's corruption in all of humanity. And so humanity then grows and instead of being fruitful and multiply in Genesis 10 and 11... Humanity clumps together and builds this tall tower into the sky and clumps together trying to get their way to God and make a name for themselves. And we see in the book of Genesis that it's this downward spiral of humanity. Every time there's a hopeful, woo, this is going to work out, we go, oh, it's not going to work out. It's like one of those series on Netflix that you watch, and you're like, yay, this is great. And you're like, oh, right before the episode ends, you go, ooh, there's a, that, what's going to happen? <laughs> Only this we see is a spiral down the first 12 chapters, down the toilet bowl of humanity. And you know what's at the bottom of the toilet bowl? Well, you know what's at the bottom of the toilet bowl. <laughs> That's the heart of humanity apart from God. Just always evil, all the time. Now, sure, capable of doing good stuff, but generally, the common denominator of humanity's broken promises is humanity. And so what happens is when we come face to face with the brokenness of the world, the brokenness of others, and the brokenness of ourselves, is we scramble for security. We scramble for security, we try and do everything to hold on. And we see that in the book of Genesis, chapters 1 through 11. People are trying everything they can and nothing is working. (laughs) And, And chances are there's three things we see in Genesis, three things in humanity, there's three things. Chances are one of these three things you'll gravitate more towards when you scramble for security. We want someone to provide care for us, we want someone to secure provision, and we want someone, we want to pursue favor with someone. Depending upon your life right now, it's one of these three. Provide care if you feel like you're not being cared for. Chances are when you scramble for security, you're thinking, I can work hard enough to fix my situation. I can work hard enough to provide the needs that I have. Who who resonates with that? Anybody? If you're online, just type, that's me, or put an emoji hand up. Anybody? This is the one that I I tend to go towards. Anybody? Provide care. Yeah? Good? Yeah? All right. The second one is to secure provision. When I feel like there's not enough, I feel like it's up to me to work just a little bit harder so I have to have enough. The opposite of this is if you worry that you never will have enough. or you never you don't have enough here, or you don't have enough money to send back home, whatever it is, you're always operating in the mindset of scarcity to secure provision. Who resonates with that one, to secure provision? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of, you, some of your hands are up. You're like, yeah, it's me, but I don't wanna say anything. <laughs> We all scramble for, secure, for provision, right? The, the last one is to pursue favor. To pursue favor, when you are scrambling for in, in, in insecurity, you're scrambling for something solid that you just want to know who the most powerful person in the room is or the biggest dog at the company. You might think, oh, I could only have the favor of my boss's boss's boss. Then everything would be okay. Oh. The CEO's coming into town. I wonder if I can just kind of bump into them for a little bit and say, oh, hi, how are you? (laughs) Anybody else see that the only solution to finding security is by finding out who has WASTA and how you can get on their good side? Yeah, we, we wanna pursue favor. So when we try and scramble for security, when we're faced with a shaky situation, we scramble for security, but God, promises. God promises. God just speaks, and it happens. We see this guy named Abram in Genesis chapter 12. This guy named Abram, and just look at this story now. We see at the very bottom of the toilet bowl of humanity, God is the one that speaks, not saying work harder, try harder, but simply, this is what I'm going to do through you. Go from your country. First of all, where you're at, where you call home. By the way, where do you call home? If you have trouble answering that question, you relate well with Abram. <laughs> you see, because he didn't grow up where he was. No, he grew up in a far off land, the land of Ur. And then his dad moved him away from Ur, uprooted him to this land called Haran. And then he moved him to Haran. And then God says to him, I know you, you think you've planted roots, I'm going to ask you to leave. Abram was like one of the first third culture kids. Have you heard that term before? A third culture kid. The home culture isn't their culture. The culture that they're living isn't really their culture. So they're in this third cultural space. Uh, You know you're a third culture kid or a third culture person. When somebody says, oh, where are you from? You're like, "Uh, where am I from? I don't know. Where am I? Where am I from? I don't know. Anybody have a hard time answering that question? Or where do you call home? (laughs) Where's home? Or they say, oh, what language do you speak? And you're like, well, well, like at home or at work or with my family. What do you mean? (laughs) You see, Abram, even though he had a secure place to live, God calls him out. And he says, leave your country. He says, leave your country. He also says, leave your kindred. Leave your kindred, leave your community. The people that you know, your family, the people that you know, and the people that know you, leave them. Do you find it hard living as an expat away from your country back or your community back home? You have a community back home that here you are and you don't even have to say what you need. They just know. They just know what you need and they can meet your needs without you even saying a thing. Do you miss that community here? You see, Fellowship wants to be a family away from family. But with all of the diverse cultures and communities coming in here, the only thing that stitches us together is Jesus. <laughs> and, and so God says to Abram, he says, Abram, leave your country that you call home, and leave the community that can provide for your needs. And also, if you were ever worried about not having enough, leave your father's inheritance. Leave everything. Leave your father's house. Uh, Leave your father's inheritance. So Abram, leave the comfort of of having a place called your country. Leave your community and leave your resources. Just leave all of that. Okay, God, where are we going? Oh, we're going to go to the land that I'll show you. Okay, wh- wh- where's that? <laughs> oh, it, I'll show it to you. Well, how will we know? Well, you'll know when we get there. <laughs> it's like going to uh, Terminal 3 and you, you go, great, we're flying Emirates to somewhere. That's great. Where are we going? It's a trip. And, and I say, well, we're going to where the airplane takes us. Yeah, well, okay, but where's that? How long are we going to go? What should I pack? What should I bring? What visas do I need? Oh, we're going to go where the airplane takes us. And I love Abram's response. God says, I'm going to make you, he makes these promises. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to bless you so you can be a blessing. And we see God fulfilling his promises throughout all the rest of the Old Testament. We see it. We see, first of all, the promise of a great nation. The promise of a great nation is fulfilled in Genesis 12 through Exodus and we see through Exodus 18, we see where Israel becomes as numerous as the stars in the sky. Now, if you've ever looked out in Dubai, how many stars do you see in the sky? Someone at the first service said one. (laughs) Okay, maybe with light pollution, but we might not know about stars, but we know about grains of sand, huh? (laughs) How many grains of sand are there? A lot, that's right. As numerous as the sand in the sea. So we see the promise of a great nation fulfilled in uh, Genesis and the book of Exodus. Then we see the promise of blessing. We see that fulfilled in the other part of Exodus and the book of Leviticus. We see it results in the Mosaic Covenant that God, uh, God promises his presence among his people. And he defines this exclusive relationship of his loyal love his hesed, his loyal love for his people. God says, I'm gonna be your God, you will be my people. And then we see the, God's promise of land fulfilled in the books of Numbers through Joshua. We see that God gave his people the land that he promised and then he promises to bless them through a king. There's this promise of God's king that's fulfilled in Second Chronicles uh, through the story of David and the promise with David. It's called the Davidic covenant. You see, even with the promise of a perfect ruler, you see there's a challenge we have with humanity. Now you probably left your home country. I love the rulers. We were just talking this morning about how the rulers in the UAE are really smart. And there's been a lot of really good decision that our rulers here have made. Now your country back home, maybe your rulers back home weren't so wise or you didn't trust the rulers. So that's one problem with having uh, kings or having leaders or having government that, that just isn't good. Maybe you left that in your home country. It's bad. But even with good rulers, even good rulers that you can trust, what happens to good rulers? Unfortunately, they don't live forever. And they do pass away. They pass on leadership to somebody else. The only hope God's people have, we see, is for a perfect ruler a perfect king that never dies does that sound familiar yeah jesus a perfect king that never dies we'll get to jesus in just a second but look at abram's response abram's response god says go abram's response is faith it's trust We see the story of Genesis, that humanity is broken, and humanity has stopped going, ah, we can't move at all. God, this is really shaky. And God tells Abram to move, and Abram goes, okay. God said, go. It says in verse 4, so Abram went. So he went. Let's pick up. So, So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered. And the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Morah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. God says, go. Abram went. God says, Go. Abram went, right? He he responded in faith. Okay, God, you say go. You say you're going to do this. All right, here we go. I'm going to go on, even though it seems kind of shaky. And then we see, as he responds in faith, this land that I will show you, God says, then it turns show turns to give the land I will give your offspring. In verse 7, it says, the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there, he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, still going toward the Negev. I love how it says Abram journeyed on. He kept on going. You see, the origin of security isn't in Abram's ability to pull things together. The origin of security isn't the fact that God gave him a lot of stuff on the front end. No, the origin of his security. When his insecurity was stirred, he took God at his word. That God said he would do it, so Abram says, all right, here we go. We're gonna move on. And we know ultimately that God's ultimate promise to his people is fulfilled in the person of truth, the person of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Do you know him? Look at Romans 4. It, It unpacks how Jesus is the object of our faith. Jesus is God's expression of God's promises fulfilled. Look in Romans 4. This is for the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. That is why it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring. Not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the of Abraham who is the father of us all continues on as it is written I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of God in whom he believed who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist that is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness But the words, it was counted to him, were not written for his sake alone, which is good news, but for ours also. It will be counted to us. It will be counted to us who believe not in ourselves, who believe not in just this big guy in the sky named God. No, it will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up, our trespasses and raised for our justification do you trust in Jesus death and resurrection if you, do you trust that everything you need has been provided through Jesus that the, the relationship that you have with God the security that you face in an insecure world do you believe that you can find security in the death and resurrection of Jesus Do you believe that you can find the care that you need from your heavenly father because of the death and resurrection of Jesus? Do you believe that you have the most favor from the most high God because of the death and resurrection of Jesus? Then you have everything you need. You have care, you have provision, and you have favor because you have a relationship with the Most High King because of Jesus' death and resurrection. And so you might be facing a situation right now where you're going, wait a second here. (laughs) I, I know I was walking along and all of a sudden I feel like this relationship, I can't trust someone else because they told my secret to the world. Well, you know, you have two options. Either you can be stopped by insecurity or you can walk at the speed of safety by trusting God in His Word. You can walk at the speed of safety knowing that God, God does what He says He will do, God is who He says He is. You can trust Him because He is God not because uh, you have things figured out. (laughs) So let's say you're at work and and you're saying, boy, I I just wanna move on and my life just seems really pressed right now. It just feels like I can't move on. I feel stuck. I don't know what's going on in my job. And you may be tempted to then go around to other people and, and start gaining favor from other people and having little side conversations. And you may be tempted to do that, but don't seek favor on your own. You know that you already have favor Do you think God can see your situation? Absolutely. So you have favor of the most high God, the creator and sustainer of the world. Now, is he going to give you that promotion? That's not a guarantee. But what's a guarantee is that you are loved by him, regardless of the job you have. That you are connected with him, regardless of what's going on. Let's say you're facing a situation where you're going along and all of a sudden you get a a Diwa and a Tisselot bill at the same time. And you look at the numbers and you go, oh no, there was a water leak or, oh, I didn't realize there were roaming charges, whatever. And you go, there's no way I can pay for this. Oh man, do you believe that God has provided everything you need in Jesus? Now, does that guarantee that your bill is going to be able to get paid right away? It could, but really, what you really need isn't to pay Diwa and Atisala. What you really need is to know that you are God's child, that you have a father who loves you and cares for you. So because of your relationship with God, you can walk at the speed of trust, not in yourself, but trusting God at his word. The Abrahamic promise, God's promise to Abraham is a pivotal time in the Bible where we see God doing what he says he will do throughout all of his word. we see this unfolding and we know we can take God at his word. So if you're, as you're saying amen and yes, do you know that you are blessed right now? Even though you're in need, you are blessed. Do you believe you're blessed? Do you believe right now that because you could breathe in and breathe out, that that's a blessing. God has given you life. We see in Abraham that Abraham is blessed to be a blessing. Like a a hose pipe from the water faucet to dry and barren lands to carry God's refreshment. (laughs) Like that cell phone USB cable plugged into the power source to recharge a battery. Like electricity, like radio waves to carry frequencies, you have been blessed to show God's goodness to the world, to show this message of hope and provision and care and favor that we have in Jesus. We are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing and we can walk at the pace of trust in God. So as you exit out of those doors in just a little bit, you are going to come face-to-face, smack, sometimes smack down in the ground, face-to-face with reality. Walk on. Walk on trusting God at his word. No matter what you say, no matter what you see, you know, you know that you can put your trust in God at his word. Now, what does that mean? What has what, what God promised to us? We're actually gonna spend the next nine weeks in our next talk series called Promises 101. Promises 101 is about unpacking God's promises for us. And what does that mean? What, is, what does God promise to us? We wanna make sure that when we say, God, I'm trusting you at your word, that we understand what he's actually promised to us. So we're gonna, we're gonna see Promises 101, the options are yes and amen. <laughs> All right, so you definitely will wanna join us as we unpack what God promises to us and also maybe just because we want something doesn't necessarily mean it's a promise of God. We're gonna unpack that a little bit over the next couple of weeks. But today we see the origin of trust, the origin of security in is God at his word that we can trust God. So whatever it is, that situation that you're facing, I wanna pray for us that we can walk out, that we, can, that we are blessed to be a blessing. One of the things that we need to pray about is at fellowship, you're here or you're watching online or you're watching the video overflow, we have had to turn people away. Imagine coming to church and, People saying, great, how can I be a part? And we say, oh, sorry, there's no room for you at church. That doesn't mirror God's heart. (laughs) We've been blessed. We want to be a blessing. Amen? So we're praying for this third site. We're looking for a location. We still don't have a location to meet, and and we also need permission to meet in that location. And so our options are are to meet in a hotel or meet in a hotel. We definitely don't want to meet outside, huh? (laughs) And so let's pray, let's pray. But instead of us as a church going, oh no, we can't We there's insecurity, we don't know where we're gonna meet, we don't know how this is gonna happen. No, we walk on trusting God at his word. That as much as we wanna be a blessing to everybody in Dubai, as much as we wanna share the life-giving hope and peace message of Jesus, God wants people to know more even than we want them to know, amen? So we trust God at his word. Let's pray right now that we could walk at the speed of trust in God. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word to us today that we can trust you. That you do what you say you will do. We confess to you there are times that we don't feel cared for, that we seek out our own care. There are times when we're worried we won't have enough provision, and so we try to make enough. Father, there's times that we forget that we have your favor and we seek the favor of others. Remind us. Remind us that not only have you blessed Abraham to be a blessing to everybody, that we have that richness and fullness in Jesus. And that you have blessed us to be a blessing. Father, right now I pray for anyone who's out in our group or listening online. That says, I'd really love to walk on, but I feel stuck. I'd really love to walk on and and trust you at your word, but I, I just can't right now. The obstacle is too great or the situation is too grave. Father, remind us that you are the God that raises the dead to life, that you are the God that speaks things into existence, creating everything from nothing. And if you, if you can welcome us as your kids into your family, if you can bring Jesus back from the dead, that you can do anything. Help us to put our trust in you. And it's in Jesus' powerful name that we pray all these things. Amen? Amen.